Good morning, this is Shannon Kringen, Goddess Kringen, Seattle, and I'm just waking up. I had this really powerful dream, and I wanted to record it before I forget. It was a Tom Petty dream. For those of you who don't know, the musician Tom Petty widens my jetty. I wrote a poem involving that rhyme with other musicians that I love. This Tom Petty dream was very powerful. I had two other Tom Petty dreams in the last few months. Since he passed away, I've had several dreams about him and involving him. And this dream was very, very heartfelt, very heart and soul. All the dreams I have about him involve, it's, it's symbolism. It's a symbol of following, doing what you really love in a really powerful way and not wasting your life doing silly things that you don't care about. And that's kind of what he represents to me. This dream involved me and a few of his more serious fans that really, really love the music and listen very carefully And most of us seem to think our favorite songs are not the hits, but the more unusual songs like the song Luna. Um, And the whole last five albums, Hypnotic Eye, Mojo, um, Highway Companion, Echo. um, Now I'm forgetting the names, but the last five albums are some of my favorite treasures of music. And he had a radio show called Buried Treasure. Tom Petty, where he would play music that he loved, not of his own, but music that he thought was buried treasure, and he wanted to make sure people knew about certain old rock and roll and blues, um, country folk, jazz, whatever, but different kinds of music, uh, mostly, I think, rock and roll, folk, and blues, but um, this, this was like a room full of people, and it was mostly his band and record producers, music, people in the music industry that were recording engineers, and I got the feeling that everyone in the room had something directly to do with working with his music um, and helping in some way behind the scenes, um, people directly involved. His wife was there, Dana. Um... I've had some interactions with Dana online on Instagram talking about um, just she's she's grieving with all of us and sharing photos and videos with us that are uh, before he passed away were private, but she's sharing a little bit more. I think her, part of her grieving process is to share some of these things with us who are also grieving with her. Um, the dream involved Tom... It was like it was his ghost, but he was really there with us. It was like he was a holographic recreation of himself, and he was there. Like, everyone in the room understood that he had passed away, but that we were all there with him for a special occasion of talking about why we loved the music or what we loved. And he was, at one point, kissing Dana. He was hugging his best male friend, which I can't remember the name of in the dream, it was Bruce or or Tim, and he was saying that he could tell 
this male friend everything and he was totally safe and then he was saying and he could tell Dana anything and everything and they were just best deep soul friends on the deepest level possible and then he looked at me and he didn't say anything but he looked at me with pure love and he looked at me and he kind of nodded his head like like I don't know you very well Shannon but I know you're a good person and if I had known you well I could tell you anything as well because I could trust you as well I just got this validating this feeling of validation that I'm a good person with depth and heart and soul and a good brain and a good mind and just a good overall heart and soul authentic person and it was so validating and then he kissed me he kind of kissed me in a way that wasn't really sexual it was a little sexual but it and Dana didn't mind his wife Dana did not mind at all there was no jealousy at all it was just pure love and there was just this feeling of appreciation like kissing somebody that you had seen in 20 years and you thought they were dead and then you realize they're still with us or I don't know it was just this amazing feeling of and and then I these people in the audience or the crowd we were in some big room with flowers everywhere and and I was explaining why I loved the music and then I I talked about the song Luna and you tell me is another song that uh, somebody else in the crowd said first they were just listening to the hits oh damn the torpedoes and then they realized when you tell me came on that it was way beyond just these catchy cute hits that play on the radio that the music was way more powerful than that and way more intricate and way more um well done and then I was explaining that I had thrown away all of my records after my apartment got broken into and they stole my stereo, which is a true story. And I kind of flipped out. I got laid off from my job and they broke into my apartment and took my stereo and my friend got shot, but he survived. And all these things were happening at once. And so I threw all my records in a dumpster crying and having a fit. And I regret throwing away a bunch of Rolling Stones and Tom Petty and David Bowie and Sting and The Police and Robert Plant and all these like cool records I had. The Doors and Joan Baez and Bob Dylan. I threw away a lot of good records. And then several years later, I threw away all my cassettes, which was another thing I regret doing. Um, long story, but Tom was in the Tom Petty was in the audience. And so was all these other record producer people and like Rick Rubin and people like that and Daniel Lenoy, I think is how you say his name. All these record producers were there and we were all talking about the power of music and I, I said Luna is one of my favorite songs because it it had a life of its own and it seemed to like the the song wrote itself or the song it's more than just a song. There's something there. There's like a a soul there's something and then it reminds me of Meryl Streep when she said when she's an actor she really takes what she does seriously like she's embodying a spirit she's embodying she's giving life to something that would never have life if she didn't play the character and she said this in a very humble confident yet confident way I loved hearing Meryl Streep talk about that 
and Bob Dylan talking about basically the songs kind of wrote themselves and sort of channeling Tori Amos and Neil Young. Bob Dylan and Tori Amos and Tom Petty have all talked about sort of channeling the music like it's like they're writing it but it's beyond there's something helping them there's some spiritual energy as corny as that sounds they've all said that and maybe they didn't even use the word spiritual but that there's something beyond them that's kind of helping them write it I believe it some of my most interesting poems I've written just kind of come into my like I just hear them in my head and I write them down even though I'm the one writing them it feels like it's there's no effort it just I can hear it in my head and I write it down so it's like I'm being dictated to by something that's my soul or my it's great spirit it's God I don't know what it is but it's my creative energy who knows what it is but it's it's you don't have to really try hard when that happens you just hear words in your head and you write them down and when I do my art visual art maybe it's similar it's just this creative urge and so I loved listening to that because I also this this dream I had of all these Tom Petty and his wife Dana and all these interesting music producer people and other musicians in the room his whole band the Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers people were there even people who had passed away were there for all I know Janis Joplin and Jim Morrison and Jimi Hendrix and um Brian Jones and Kurt Cobain, all these great musicians. I think they were all there too. All these amazing musicians that aren't even alive anymore. I think they were all there. Roy Orbison was probably there. Johnny Cash was there. Everyone was there. So it was a beautiful feeling. And there was candles and flowers and it was some big room with interesting wooden staircases and oak. And it smelled like cedar in the room, uh, cedar wood. And it was just beautiful. And I love that dream. That dream was just a reminder to me to, to keep doing what I love. And, you know, I'm 50. I'm 50. I'm 50. I'm 50 years old. I can kick and stretch and kick. I'm 50 years old. And it's more apparent to me than ever that I would like to do what I love and try to s stop wasting time doing things I don't really love. Um... The problem is sometimes I don't know what I want to do and I have a hard time making decisions, big or small. And yesterday I talked about suicide and the stigma to the enigma of feeling suicidal and feeling like I'm afraid to talk about it because I don't want people to think that I need emergency help because I have had uh, authorities sent to my door you know, by people when I've talked about some feelings that I had and I wasn't going to attempt anything so I'm not saying this to scare anybody or, or cry for help and it's sad that you know people need to honestly talk about some of their feelings uh, but it's best to talk to you know a professional counselor or call the crisis line I'm not in crisis right now at all uh, but when I think about leaving the planet prematurely or ending my life it's because I feel trapped and angry um, and like I want to express that anger or maybe I can't stand whatever suffering mental psychological suffering I'm going through and then I think about regrets and I think about regretting uh, my abortion that I had in my 20s I sometimes regret that and then um, I had breast reduction surgery in my 20s which I first was happy with and now that I'm getting so lean I'm older now and I'm leaner 
my breasts are kind of shrinking, getting smaller because of I'm leaner, so I'm burning off excess body fat. Uh, but I'm also by intermittent fasting and eating more carnivore and low carb, a higher healthy fat and higher healthy protein, and hardly any carbs or sugar. I'm getting really lean, leaner than I've ever been in my whole life. And plus, my breast tissue is shrinking because of my age and my hormones, you know, are less. So my breasts are really getting smaller and I'm a nude figure model. So I do have scars and I do have some kind of strange scar tissue that's starting to show more because I'm getting so lean. So I sometimes regret my breast reduction. I had very, very large breasts. They were 38 triple D at the time I had them reduced to a D. And now they're basically a C. Not that it matters what size my breasts were, but for my modeling career, not that many women that I've seen as figure models in Seattle had the kind of breasts. I have very, I had very, very large breasts that were, you know, my body type is a little bit unusual. And so for art modeling, it's, it's good to have an unusual body type. A lot of women are pear-shaped, uh, small upper body, lower, uh, large, lower, you know, hips and thighs. I don't have that. I have more of a apple shaped. I used to have very large breasts and I have larger shoulders and a larger rib cage and narrower hips and muscular legs and long arms and legs. And so I was sort of apple shaped with large breasts and narrow hips. And I had an unusual body type, but I guess I still have an unusual body type and people still hire me to model and I'm very popular. And I think it's because I'm easy to work with and reliable. Um, more than it's how I look, but I guess the way I look is Scandinavian and Nordic. People have said that my color, the, the, the skin, my color in my skin is interesting because I have lots of pink and red in my face and freckles and green veins. I don't know. I have a lot of different colors in my skin um, and... Uh, my skin is very pinkish, I guess, and other people's skin is more greenish or more yellowish or more orangish or all different kinds of skin colors in the figure modeling world and ethnicities and all of that jazz. And, and my hair has several colors in it, um, sap green and dark blonde and lighter blonde, and now it's it's getting silver streaks in it. And um, I streak it, but it's also naturally like that. My mom um, has natural hair that she's never dyed, and her natural people think she went to a salon. Her hair is like, here's like uh, strawberry blonde and silver and white, and it's all just kind of streaked, and it's just natural. And um, I'm hoping my hair turns into that when I'm older, like my mom's. It's just so beautiful, and it's extra shiny, and she doesn't do anything. It's just natural. Uh, although she takes good care of it and eats healthy, but um, she actually doesn't wash it very often, so she lets it stay nice and moist on its own. And uh, what else? My cat is laying in bed with me purring. I need to get up and have my coffee. That Tom Petty dream was so amazing. Tom Petty widens my jetty. Mick Jagger struts in. His dagger grabs me. Tori Amos doesn't blame us, but names us. Neil Young washes away the fertile dung. And Goddess Kring, bada boo, bada bing, let it seep from deep within. And then I forgot the rest of the dream. But those are dreams involving some of my favorite famous musicians. Tom Petty, Tori Amos, uh, Neil Young. 
I should, oh, Mick Jagger, I should throw Bob Dylan in there. I didn't make up a rhyme for Bob Dylan, but I love, I love a lot of Bob Dylan music, and his, his personality is pretty fascinating. Oh, yes, Tom Petty in the Dream was saying that he's, like, uh, very secretive, and his, his, actually, family said he was a very private person uh, with his personal life, but and yet a lot of things came through his music, a lot of really powerful expression came through his music and yet he was very private so in this dream he was acknowledging that he was very private like a shut trap like a shut trap door and then jewels came out every once in a while but mostly through his music and I kind of relate to that because I'm not a very social person and yet I make these recordings as a figure model I hardly say a word I guess my family and friends get to hear my monologues. I have a tendency to do monologues even when I'm talking to family and friends, uh, literally. So it's probably more appropriate for me to actually do monologues into a microphone because it might be an autism trait that I have. I'm still trying to figure out if I want to get assessed for autism just so I can really make the best of who I am and try to just focus because I have a lot of gifts uh, and I have a tendency to beat myself up for my flaws, and that's a waste of time. So thank you for listening. Have a great day or night. I hope what I said made sense. Tom Petty widens my jetty. That was a powerful dream, and what that means is he reinforces and amplifies some kind of creative. He widens my jetty. He makes it safer for me to take creative risks. His music, because I didn't know Tom Petty the man. <laughs> I'm not delusional, but... Tom Petty, the music, the music of Tom Petty is definitely a friend of mine. So thanks for listening. So my, I guess my overall message is to do what you love and don't waste your time on this planet. Do what you really, really love because we're all going to pass away someday. So we may as well really do what we love and celebrate the depth of life. Um, I've been feeling really bored with shallowness lately. Long story, but time to get back into the fun depth of life. But maybe it's a paradox, and maybe having fun isn't as shallow as I think, and less is more, and more is less. Paradox fascinates me. Bye for now.